At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan. Dennis Dick with you this morning. Got a lot to cover. Disney, of course, we had their investor day yesterday. They came out firing after the bell with the Disney Plus headlines. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Neo. They had an offering of Pfizer. More news on that. Plus, they raised their dividend. Got some earnings on our radar. Got a couple of new SPACs on our radar. Our guest today is Jason Rasnick. He'll be on at around 8.40, 8.45. So we'll try to cover some stocks from the chat uh, before Jason comes on so we, we get some ticker time in. Um, Joe, how are we doing this morning? Because we got a lot to talk about, and I'm going to try to – we're going to hopefully get to all of it here. What's going on in the overnight markets? Uh, we're in the red this morning, Spencer, by 24 and a half handles. Uh, we were up a little bit. Uh, pre-market highs, uh, 74.75. Uh, pre-market low, 28 and a quarter. So we are uh, on 15 points off that low, uh, trying to get back to mid-range. You have crude in the, in the green by 11 cents at 46.89. Gold basically unchanged up 60 cents at 18.38 even. Silver, that's in the red by 11.4 cents at 23.98. And uh, Bitcoin uh, continues to repel off the $20 level. Bitcoin down $555 at 17,885. So, so much for a quiet Friday here, a week ahead of expiration on Triple D. Yeah, it's been a lot of action. I mean, last night you had this wicked reopening trade going on off the Pfizer news, and I was actually shocked by it, even tweeted about it, because it was obvious that the Pfizer vaccine that they were going to, um, that the advisory committee was going to say, uh, obviously lean on the side of approval here, not fully approved yet, but the advisory committee last night gave the recommendation to approve it. Um, so that was obvious to me, but then they started grabbing the reopening stocks and just ripping them all higher. I mean, you had airlines trade up three, 4% last night. I was like, 
how is this not priced in? I just kept asking myself, how is this not priced in? Well, apparently it all was because it gave it all back this morning. So everybody who was just buying on the headline last night, the Pfizer headline, got their head ripped off, really, because, um, you know, you can come in and say, okay, yeah, some of these stocks are still trading higher, but they were trading a lot higher last night. So it was a weird market. It's a weird overnight move. Um, obviously, you know, there's lots of individual headlines, lots of individual stories here. It's mixed again, though. The market is mixed. I'm seeing some stocks trading higher. Most are trading lower. But the wicked reopening trade that we had going last night came off while I was sleeping. So here's the Pfizer news. It was, again, it was from the advisory committee, which is really just a panel that gives a recommendation. The FDA doesn't have to follow it, but they usually do. And the votes were 17 yes, 4 no, 1 abstain on the question of based on all the evidence available, do, do the benefits of the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine outweigh the risks for use in individuals 16 years of age and older. So overwhelmingly, they said, yes, the benefits do outweigh the risk. So again, the market's looking past this. The market's assuming this is going to get approved. It yeah. probably will here imminently. It was already approved in overseas. Uh, wasn't Canada it? Too. Canada too. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, market's looking past this. this. This was really a formality. It wasn't looking past it last night, though. So again, the simple trade was winning last night. So if you were just saying, oh, they're going to rip higher and they're going to rip Pfizer higher, I mean, there was some money made there. There was some money made last night because these stocks, again, were straight up for about four, three hours last night. The news coming out around five o'clock and then they ripped Pfizer. Um, they, they ripped BNTX up higher. I think BNTX trade up to 135. It's given it all back. So logic rules the day because, okay, we kind of knew this was going to happen. But last night, the traders who were trading last night were just ripping it on those headlines. Um, so there was some money made last night if you were selling into that strength. Uh, with that being said, what now? So we've got the Pfizer vaccine. We've had wicked reopening rallies in a lot of stocks here. Is it time to start thinking about ringing the register? I mean, I was looking last night. You got Norwegian Cruise Lines. It's up 50% in the last three weeks. I mean, this is basically since you know, our last, in, in November, so three, four weeks ago. You got American Airlines trading up 52%. You got Save trading up 50%. I mean, you have JWN trading up 100% in the last month. It's up 100% in the last month. At what point in time is a lot of the reopening rally priced in? I'm asking you guys. From what we saw uh, last night, uh, maybe not enough. Uh, but I then they've just... given it back overnight. So yeah. that makes me think that, okay, people are looking to ring the register on these stocks now. I'm looking to ring the register. I have a few of these plays still on. I'm still in my NCLH. Um, I kind of want to hold some because I like the barbell approach. And again, if you look at a stock like NCLH, it's $27. It was 50 when this started. So you're still buying at a significant discount from where it was. I don't know if it's going all the way back to 50 because I don't know if people are going back on cruises like they were prior to the pandemic. But at the same time, there's obviously still a gap there. But then you go and look at the hotel stocks and you look at like Hilton. And we've talked about that in, in a JWN. You know, a lot of these stocks have come, you know, Kohl's. Kohl's is almost right back to where it was when the pandemic started, $40. I mean, I, I feel like the easy money has been made on the reopening stocks now. And it was made back when we had that, you know, the initial Pfizer spike and then they pulled back three days later. That was the time to buy back on November 12th. We've been straight up for a month on these stocks. You know, IWM, we know, was trading up 22%, I believe, in the month of November, which is probably one of the biggest up monthly moves for IWM in the history of the IWM. I mean, at what point in time is this all priced in? 
Well, you could do you could do one of two things. You can, if you got a target, take the target, right? If they're you know if that's if not, you just do something comfortable. You won't get out on you know on the crest, but you can move out you know a trailing or mental stop on, so you're not yeah. trying to pick the top. Um, I always like to go to you know see kind of level some kind of correspondence with daily, weekly, or monthlies. Just for example, this Pfizer, it popped to 43 the other day. Where did we get in the after hours pop? We got to 43. So, you know, wait, you know, just wait, move, you know, move. if you have a target, take a target or take, you know, part of the position off. But I don't know. I mean, how long is it going to take for the vaccines, for the earnings to recover? As, as, as would be my only question, but the street doesn't, uh, the market doesn't care about earnings, though. You're in a market that just, I mean, Disney is the poster child for this. Um, wow. I'm on the record saying I think Disney's going to go to 200. I, I was on the record saying that a little while ago. Um, you just got to think about the news flow. I've missed this trade. I wanted to get back in after the earnings gap up day on November the 9th. And this is where we're segueing into the Disney, which is sure. be the story stock of the day. Um, after, you know, we had the gap up on the earnings, I was like, I was hoping we would pull back. I was hoping we'd fill the gap. I wanted to buy it at 130. I talked about it on the show when I was trading like 137, 138. I was like, I want this back at 130 because I'm actually going to buy it. And I didn't get it. And now it's 166. And I've obviously missed the trade completely. Um, this is a stock I was very scared of for a long time. But you could tell you know, a month ago that, okay, they're giving, you know, the Disney plus is where they're going. And then once the vaccine, once we had the news of the fires of vaccine, this was a reopening play. And you got to think going forward here, Disney is not firing on all cylinders right now. It's arguably one of the worst environments it's been for Disney, um, you know, ever to have the parks closed and the stocks at all time highs. What's that telling you? It's not telling you that the market isn't logical. It's telling you that the market is completely looking past it. And I think I agree with it because think about this. If Disney does get the parks reopened, if we get the vaccine, there's going to be travel. People are going to go back to Disney World. They'll get that all firing again. They'll put the dividend in again. You know, we got the Disney Plus, which is all the news from last night, which is propelling it. They have that firing all cylinders talking about Marvel and, and, and Star Wars. I mean, it, there's a lot of money in predicting news flow, predicting news headlines. Where do you think, what do you think is going to happen? I, I, I look at my own individual strategy. I do a lot of arbitrage. I do a lot of like information arbitrage where I'm looking and trying to predict where the next headline is, you know, what it's, is it going to be. Think about Disney. You're going to probably have next year a dividend reinstatement. If, if we get the, this is assuming the vaccine, everybody gets vaccinated. But you're probably going to have a dividend reinstatement. You're going to have the parks reopening. You're going to have, you know, Disney Plus coming out with more stuff. And they're selling movies for $29 like Mulan. I mean, the news flow for Disney, assuming this all assumes that the vaccine works and, you know, and we actually start going back to somewhat of a normal life in 2021. But if we assume that, I think Disney is easily a $200 stock. So I'm going to be a buyer of pullbacks because I'm a believer that the vaccine is going to work that people are going to take it and we're going to get past this pandemic in the second half of 2021. Now, again, vaccine fails, all that scenario comes off the table. But right now with the information we currently have, I can't see how you can be bearish Disney, even though at this current time, Disney is definitely not firing on all cylinders. Look, we all know that Wall Street loves growth. If you can sell investors on a growth story, say, hey, or growing on the, even, even if it's just one part of your business, if you can sell them on that growth story, 
they will eat you up. And that's what's happening here. So l- let me give you some numbers here from Disney Plus from what they said yesterday. So if we go back to last year's Disney Plus is about one year old, right? They launched in November last year. So you can say from that point that they were 11 years um, behind Netflix. No, not sorry. Netflix had a 13 year head start, right? Netflix launched a streaming 2007. Disney Plus launched 12 year head start. Okay. 12 year head start. Disney Plus now is 86 million subscribers, which is exactly what Netflix had four years ago. So they basically gained eight years of growth on net on Netflix in one year, right? They're they're two thirds of the way there in one year. They guided 230 million to 260 million subscribers by 2024. That's of course more than what any one subscriber, any platform has now. Um, and if you look at the chart of Netflix subscriber growth, look at Disney subscriber growth, obviously Netflix has way more subscribers, but they're not growing as much. Disney is growing because they're newer. And so they, they love that growth. They love the zero to 16, five seconds, right? It's what, what it comes out to. That plus all the new content, the 10 new Marvel series, 10 new Star Wars series, yeah. new, new live action, new Pixar, all that stuff. They love they're selling investors on that story right now. It's working. It's working, right? They went yeah, from zero to 86 million in about 13 months. Okay. So they're really, they're only four years behind Netflix at this point in terms of total subscribers and they're guiding that they're going to essentially catch up in a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, and you look at, you know, the content and Netflix has a lot more content, but if Disney starts to pump money into production, like you're talking 10 Marvel series, 10 Star Wars series, I watched that Mandalorian. It's awesome. It's great. Like, it's awesome. Like, it's better than most things you will get on Netflix. Netflix puts out the bulk of content, and they have some really good shows, some really good stuff. Ozark, love it. I will tell you, Disney is still the king of content. And if they decide that we are going to start to pump all of our money, get the parks back open, and they start making money again, and they start being a cash cow for this Disney Plus, it could be like the perfect storm. With that being said, stock's up 10 bucks today. I'm not buying it up $11. I'm going to, but I want to own it. I want to own Disney. I think it's going to 200. Maybe it's going to go straight there. Maybe you got to chase this one, but I don't chase. I think there'll be, maybe there'll be a vaccine hiccup. Maybe there'll be something, you know, to, you know, get this reopening trade to come off a little bit. And maybe that's when you strike, but it goes on the watch list and you get, you know, those days where, okay, the market's correcting. What am I going to buy? Disney would be on my shopping list. So I would put Disney on the shopping list, not buying on a day that it's up 12 points. I hope I don't miss it. If I miss a trade, I miss the trade. You can't get them all. So if it goes straight up to 200 from here, I will miss it. But I will you know, try to get back in on dips because I believe in the story here now in Disney. Um, I believe we're getting past the pandemic. I, I, you know, we know that. I talked about this a month ago on November 12th when I got all bullish the reopening stocks and everybody gave me heat for it. I mean, that ended up turning out to be the bottom. And a lot of these stocks are up 40, 50%. I bought Norwegian that day and I bought American Airlines. I bought Save and I bought Win. I looked at my portfolio. I wanted to puke looking at all these stocks. But at the same time, they all worked. And this is, you know, this one I wish would have went in there on November 12th. Obviously, we had the pullback there and the stock was $135. I wish this would have been one of them, but it wasn't. I still think that I'm going to get another chance eventually. But now I'm a believer in the Disney turnaround story here. So you should be rooting for them to come out in like March and say, oh, we're delaying our reopening by like six months. That's what you should be. Rooting. That's what. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there'll be another. I don't think we're going to go reopen and everything's just going to there's going to be some more scares. I mean, thirty one hundred people are dying a day here. 
Yeah. So give it some perspective. I mean, there's still going to be some ugliness ahead of us. That is going to be, you're going to have another opportunity. I believe you're going to have another opportunity at Disney to get in. Two numbers. I want to be in I'm because I think numbers. in 2021, this is well over a $200 stock. So if you're buying today, I think you make money. I'm just trying, you know how I work. I buy dips. I don't buy rips. I'm not buying up 12 points. But when they're throwing this much of the content at it, and you get those parks back open, the potential news flow for the parks open, the dividend reinstatement, and Disney Plus coming out with more subscribers and stuff, it's it's got the story going. And Mitch, we know. We talk. It's the story. And you know what? Disney's story is hot again. Uh, two numbers. Uh, one on the upside, that pre-market high, 168. If you're looking for just a short-term target today and you want to see continued follow-through, keep an eye on 168. And then you just had a little dip. If you want to, if you're if you're brave and you want to buy the dip today, coming off that 168, you almost got to 164. Nine, that 164, but I'm, I'll call that a minor minor support area, and as well as that 168 resistance. Um, who knows? I mean, whoever's short, whoever didn't throw in the towel on this one, I'm being short. Uh, I don't know if there's a big short interest in this one, but. Just keep an eye on those two levels. If you got the weekly calls, I'd really focus on that 168 and see what premium they're applying to those calls. Because if you have a 160 call and they open this thing up at, uh, you know, 12 bucks or something, that's an implied selling price of 172. Beyond that, if you have higher targets and sit back and wait, see how it trades today. Everything <laughs> changed for all of these stocks, these reopening stocks. And it was the, the, the November 9th. When the Pfizer came out that Monday morning with the positive vaccine news, everything changed at that moment in time. And that's where my sentiment. But not in the overall market, the, the rotation from there. But in the overall market, we are still basically at the Pfizer vaccine Monday level. That oh, for day, sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all yep. about rotation. I mean, you yep. went from tech. You went from tech being everything. That's all that mattered in 2020 to these reopening stocks. It all changed on Vaccine Monday. And then you had the, th the three, four days were pulled back after that. And that was the time to strike on all of these stocks. So, I mean, it's all about sector rotation. I mean, you can talk about information flow. You can talk about arbitrage. The number one way you make money is identifying the rotation. And there's rotation every single day. It's not like, oh, where are we rotating into the next month? You know, I'm trying to look where are we rotating in the next 10 minutes? You know, what am I seeing? What patterns am I seeing? Are people like to talk about how I trade? You know, I trade by looking at patterns. I've got all everything on my screen. Where is the money rotating into today? Well, right now I'm seeing most of the money actually just rotate out of stocks. I'm looking. I don't see much trading in the green. Last night was clearly reopening stocks, though. So today that trade came off, but at least this morning it's coming back off. Does it start going back on again? It could, but just identifying that rotation and then picking up the laggards that haven't went yet is a way I've made money for 20 years. So the rotation all changed that day. We went from Lovener, Zooms, and Pelotons. If you look at Zoom, since November the 11th, it is down. If you look at Peloton, since November the 11th, it's, some, it's up a little bit here, which is known an anomaly. Because, you know, a lot of these other stocks are not up. DocuSign is kind of around the same price, too. So in any regard here, we look at this, and um, it's all about rotation. It all changed on Vaccine Monday. And until I get more information, um, that's where we're at. Yep. 
just to put a bow on I'll be it, back in a second. Yeah, just, just to put a bow <laughs> on, on, on this Disney point is the one thing that I thought about when I saw those numbers last night was, look, it's becoming very obvious now that the, the battle for supremacy in streaming is going to be between Netflix and Disney. And who's the odd man out right now? It's AT&T. And, and now HBO yeah. is a small part of their business, but HBO Max is now seven months old, about seven months old, and they've got 12 million subscribers. So they're not even in the same ballpark as Disney right now. And so that, you know, I know it's, I know they got a, a lot more going on than just streaming, but there was a really good article last weekend in CNBC just about the, the, the dysfunction at AT&T and, and how they've kind of bungled the, the HBO Max rollout. And it, it's down this morning. And so that was one of the first things I thought, I thought about was, man, AT&T and HBO Max, they got a lot of great content. I, I love HBO Max for their content, but they have bungled the crap out of this rollout and they are falling so far what, behind. What got into AT&T the last two days? 29, almost 32. I mean, they yeah. give it back yesterday. Did they have any news? Is there anything? I, I don't I, I don't actually know. Um that's oh, actually, yeah, there is a totally, totally this is how, how infrequently I look at AT&T. AT, yeah, uh, well, it looks like they received a couple of bids for their uh, for direct TV, which speaking of bungling things. One uh, bid would be good. Wow. I didn't see that. What well, a pop. Was, That's a very unusual move in AT&T. Hey, I got a question on AT&T, and I actually wrote this on my watch list now. So we're all hot for streaming. Like the EV trade was the trade of ha second half of 2020. I think the streaming trade is going to be the trade coming for us. Be like streaming, streaming, streaming. So you got Comcast with Peacock. You got AT&T with HBO Max or whatever it is. Is you that told, what it's called? So th that's what I just said. But you, you stepped away, so you probably missed it. Oh, okay, so I missed that. So right. question it, is. It, he comes back right in beat. You're on to believe. No, the question is. You got a 6.82%. I have hated AT&T forever. I sold it actually around this price. I almost feel like rebuying it because if they're going to be stupid and start giving premiums to every streaming service here. Well, I mean, the, pro the problem with AT&T is all their other businesses suck. I mean, well, that's, they have that's, what I was just saying. that's what I was just saying, though. It's, it's becoming obvious now that at least based on the first six months, AT&T and HBO Max is falling very far behind the race. Like, like Disney is catching up to Netflix. And 18 HBO Max is not. They're nowhere near. They have maybe they're just to stay away from them. Or is there a catch-up trade here or no? They have 12 and a half million subscribers in, in six months. They're they are so far behind Disney. I mean the company just cannot get it together. There it, it's weird because we have we have Comcast, we have Netflix, and then Lisa wanted to watch the show on um on HBO, HBO Max. And, and you, you probably couldn't, right? Actually, she got it because we have AT&T okay. so uh, for our phone service. We have a house line. Don't ask me why. Uh, she got we they threw that in. So through her iPad on our TV, we got a really smart TV. We were able to watch it and we don't and through it. I don't know if they're going to hit us up later for some kind of but. It's confusing as hell. So I think just maybe go with the blanket approach that Dennis is talking about. Just buy all the streamers. I just uh, don't know if you're going to start getting if if, if, the, if that story gets hot, and I believe it, it will in 2021. We're all talking about predicting news flow. I am saying, and it's not a bold call, that they're going to be talking a lot about <laughs> streaming in 2021. So you got Disney, you got Netflix, who are going to be the top two. 
How's Peacock? Does anybody use Peacock? It's so, it's so early. It's so early. The, the, but the thing with HBO is it wasn't available on Roku, wasn't available on Amazon. Uh, so, it, it, you know, the, the launch was bungled. It was, it, they have all these brands. It was confusing with HBO Max, HBO Go, uh, HBO Now. It, Peacock is too young, I think, to, okay. I, I don't know what kind of data we have on that. But we like them young because then they grow. Mitch just, Mitch just popped in. He's about the story. He's a Mitch young streamer. Here. He's Christmas tree. He's a streamer on his Christmas tree in the back. Look at the stream. Streamers all running streamer. on his Christmas tree. Mitch, talk to me about the streaming story. Dennis, I had already talked to you about it. You got FUBU, remember? <laughs> oh, I know. That's a good one. I'm still at it. When do I sell at? I just hold on to that. All right. Love so, the FUBU. So, talk so like, me. so like always, I like to bring you guys a story that I'm looking at. Um, I'm actually looking at a different play in the streaming services. Right right I got here. my pen ready. Look at so, this. I love Mitch's calls. What I'm going to look for is MGNI and TTD. What's the other one? And TTD. Oh, the trade trade desk. So these are two that are making moves in Promatic ad tools. So one of the things with Did you explain that? that Holy mackerel. That's like how many syllables We need a PhD to understand Mitch here. So (laughs) one of the things that you're going to see with the streaming services is, is how do they get the ads to you? Because one of the biggest things that you're seeing in streaming is now, how am I going to go ahead and personalize these ads for the viewer that's watching? So I think you really got to watch for these companies. Um, Which one is the leader? I I really haven't done that much research, so I'm going to go ahead and do that for you guys. But I think these two plays, you got to keep an eye out and look for other plays in the Promatic ad uh, space for streaming. Wow, that's an awesome and again obviously there's been some people on this trade because november mgni was 10 it's now 20 um but maybe this goes on the watch for you know the pullback i mean this is about what markets are about in my opinion you get your list of stocks your christmas shopping list and then you wait for you know the market correction you wait for you know where everybody's like okay i want the hell out of this thing and then you strike with your list so mitch is giving you a couple stocks that's on his christmas shopping list mgni and ttd maybe they just run straight up maybe you miss them you know what there's always another trade and that's what a lot of traders newer traders really struggle with i see it all the time i miss this trade and they and they focus on it and it's eating up their mental capital not even that they lost money but that they missed this trade that they knew about and you know once you're a seasoned trader you'll be able to look past that and say you know what I missed that one. There'll be another one tomorrow because there's always another trade. So again, I don't like chasing stuff because I don't like getting burned. I like to, you know, swing at the at the softballs up the middle. So he's given you a couple of stocks here. Now it's about timing them. And you know, when they're straight up 100% a month, I I can't chase like that. Maybe it goes up to 30 mgni, goes straight up, and you know, but and then I just miss it. But if we get a pullback here. 50% retracement, maybe something like that. You like the story. Obviously, I, I've just heard of the stock for the first time here two minutes ago. But, you know, you do your homework okay. and you take a look and then uh, you go from there. But Trade Desk, we know about. We've talked about that story. Wow. And that's been a storied stock of 2020. It's been an absolute monster. Valuation's crazy, too. Uh, but these are two storied stocks that could continue into 2021. So we always appreciate the ideas from our good friend, Mitch. Uh, yeah. Trade uh, Trade Desk, uh, TTD, uh... I don't even know what to say about this one. It's looking like it's trying to break out again. Trade web. I don't know if I don't know if that falls into that category. Uh, but you do you got a two lows in the same area and not not really two highs in the same area. Just 
Let's get to that high on Wednesday and then take a shot at that old time high. And that old time high is just under 70 bucks. But you know who the big winner in the streaming wars is going to be? No. Disney. No. Whoever picks up pre-market prep. There we go. <laughs> okay. uh, do I draw real fast? Trade away TW. That's a capital markets firm. That's that's like bad. My yeah. bad. Yeah. My bad. Just because they have a similar name doesn't mean they're a similar business. Yeah, uh, and the trade desk it does advertising for everybody essentially. Uh, they're like the pipes of the advertising world. Love the ideas. Mitch looks like you want to say something else. He's yeah, right there. Mitch. You know, one of the things is Dennis. Uh, you, you were talking about it, and I have a quote that I like to live by: is that I don't let one stock make me or one stock break me. And, and I think that's an important thing to live by. I think so too, because like I, I, I follow that model because I stay diversified, not only my investment portfolio, but my trading portfolio. I throw a couple percent in this one, 1% in this one, 1%. And I mean, Kramer says you diversify with five stocks. I don't think you are because you might be like, you know, he does that, I, I, am I diversified? And he says you can do it with five stocks. You know what? I disagree with that. It's too few. Um, because you know what? If you got 20% of your money in one stock and all of a sudden you picked a bad one, I don't like losing 20% of my capital. So, I mean, maybe if you're buying all blue chips, maybe it works, but I like to play some specs. I like to play some specs. I like to play the big guns like Amazon, Apple. So I throw a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit everywhere. And you know what? I get crushed in a stock every once in a while in my long-term portfolio. Every year I do some write-offs at the end of the year because, okay, well, this idea didn't work, but you know what? It's about the overall portfolio. And I think, you know, if you're looking at different ideas, you're taking on some risk here, maybe playing some conservative plays over there, barbell approach, whatever you want to call it, but don't let one trade. What was the saying you just said, Mitch? It was good. Say it again. So Show the coffee cup again, too. What's the so coffee? Don't Sarah. let one nice. trade make you or break you. Stay diversified in that trading portfolio. Yeah, at least, at least two or three. And what is that cup? Is that at Santa Claus on there? At least two or three. Yes. That's he's like broadcasting from like the North, the North Pole. Pole. He's got, <laughs> yeah, I know. He's got the Christmas tree going. And Tanya, Mitch, he, I think it sends out a Christmas card. It should just be Mitch right there. Right like that. <laughs> With right. the streams going, streamers going on in the back, the Christmas tree, the Santa Claus club. I'm so relaxed just watching Mitch. I just, I, I'm hyper all the time and he relaxes me. It's like therapeutic, man. <laughs> Second day of Hanukkah, too. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> Hit that like button for Hanukkah. That's a Hanukkah bush, Dennis. That's is that what it was? Yeah, that's not a that's not a Christmas. <laughs> what's the hell? Is it, what's the difference between a Hanukkah bush and a Christmas tree? That looks like a Christmas. Absolutely He's lying. Nothing. Is there any difference? <laughs> what's your Hanukkah? I'm not Jewish. What's your Hanukkah bush looks like? Do you have it's, a difference? It's, or is what, it just a it's what the little Jewish kids get when they're like, oh, oh, how is it different than a Christmas tree, tree though? It looks the same and just called a Hanukkah bush. Oh, it's, it's a Jewish star on the top of it instead oh, of okay, uh, instead of a. I've never actually seen a Hanukkah bush. <laughs> you never heard of that? No, I've heard of it. I've never actually seen one in real life. That, that's yeah. all right. Uh, you didn't bug your dad enough when you were a kid. Uh, I guess not. Uh, or, or I was uh, good at that. Uh, I just it was just the uh, the Chinese water torture pro drip, 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 and then he eventually give in. And then all right, uh, eight thirty here. We're gonna have Jason rising on in about ten or fifteen minutes. Let's do some more stocks. Let's do Neo here. Um, um, they are joining the. The crowd of EV companies with offerings. Yeah. They are joining. Let's see. Tesla had theirs. Uh, XPEV had theirs. Li had theirs. And now Neo uh, announced a sixty million share offering last night. Price. Price. Mm, it usually I takes a day. Don't see a price yet. It usually takes a day. We got the SE offering price last night, one ninety five. It's usually the next day. It's usually the next day. So we'll see if we get it tonight. 
um not usually during the day it's usually after hours so we'll probably find out tonight and that's important it's important where they can get this done you know is there enough demand they can get this done or they're going to go way down the hole because that obviously that number acts like a magnet to the stock price often the ev store has cooled off significantly we know that um it has the potential to get hot again though so i'm not going to say these stocks are dead i will say the offering price is very important also the 3843 price from december 2nd is very important long as it can hold those levels you still got the argument but you got an ugly head and shoulders pattern for me not, that, were, Man, not that we're pattern traders stock. but that one is biting me in the nose this is this so. is a, this is a tough one i've tried to, i've tried to catch it on the downside a few times and gives you a little bit of daylight and then it takes off i would just for i don't think there's any major damage going on in this thing until you take out this level here yeah that uh, 38 yep. low a yep. couple weeks ago and then you you bounced off that 38 I swear to myself, I was gonna, I was gonna short it when it got to forty-seven and a half, and because it was half of this move, and it just, it was just quick. I just didn't, I didn't keep an eye on it. And what I'm referring to is uh, right here, this move right here. It was right around forty-seven and a half. So if you want to project this move, this was from fifty. This was like a what, 21 point move, man, you take 21 points off 40 cent. Ooh, you're way down there. But first things first, uh, taking out that support at 38 S a piece is kind of hanging out here. They don't know what to do today. No. We're hanging I, out. Hanging they're out. confused. And I'm confused. Last night I felt pretty good. I was like, okay, we got a reopening trade going on. And then I come in this morning. I like, they sold everything off. The reopening stocks are down too. And I was like, okay, we got to <laughs> sell everything market going on. Now they're just mixed. There's a few reopening stocks that are starting to show some life. It's a confused market today, and I'm confused as well. Yeah. I do like that chart, though. I'm going to keep those levels up there on this one, and we'll keep an eye on this. because That's I an like... important level for it. I'm going to give yeah. you that. Obviously, the important thing is tonight, what's the pricing going to be? I never buy the stock before I know the price yeah, because you're why? buying on information that you don't know. So just randomly coming in buying 42 and a half. What if they price the thing at 38? It's going to be 39 in your face. What if they price at 42? Okay, maybe you'll be happy at 42 and a half. But more often than not, it's hard because you still they're still trying to work the pricing in. So as the stock price comes lower, who's buying this thing at 43 when you can buy it at 42 and a half in the open market? So you know they probably can't get her down at 43 now because the bloody thing's trading 42 and a half. Where would you so, take stock at? You know, if your broker calls you. I'm not taking a 43. They're calling up, <laughs> hey, you want to buy Neil at 43? We're trying to get this thing done here. How about 42 42? and a half? I'll buy it in the open market. No, thank you. That's why it usually gets done below the price. That's why you can't just jump in and say, oh, I'll buy 42 and a half it's probably going to be lower than this price. So it, there's a, there's an arbitrage strategy to sell it before that offering price. Cause it usually is below where the current market price is. That's how they get these things done. All right. So coming in Neo today, I believe you are early, but I mean, yeah, but if you have a turnaround Friday and we rip up higher and we start ripping on all the EV stocks, it goes to 48, then they could get it down to 45. So there is market effects here too, but other things being equal market stays still, Neo stays still. The offering price probably lower than 42 and a half. Right, we had a bunch of earnings last night, and the moves have been relatively muted. I guess let's start with Oracle because that was the one that seemed like it was the most volatile of the big names last night. They had an EPS beat and a sales beat, uh, and that one actually that one actually moved a little bit. Unlike like Costco Lulu didn't look like they moved too much, but this one moved. It's, it's up here this morning. Ah, oh, I mean, here's the stock that just doesn't go anywhere. Um, I've had this one in the portfolio since like nine bucks. 
and it has just lived through for years here. I feel like we've been around 50 to 60 for years. You think about how much market movement, market volatility has been here. And Oracle just sits here and doesn't go anywhere. I mean, they were kind of, you think about, you know, how much Oracle really missed, you know, they, they, they were part of CRM originally, remember? I mean, yeah. Benioff and stuff. I mean, this could have been the cloud stock. It really could have been. Um, and they missed it. And now you look at it and it's okay. It's It's been good. It's held on. It does its thing. It pays your 1.5% dividend. But I just can't get excited about Oracle. Where's the story for Oracle? Why are we all going to plow into Oracle here in 2021? So I own this, had it, like I said, for a lot of years. It's a cash cow stock. I don't see a story. I don't see growth. I don't think this thing's going to like 70 or 80. I don't think it's going to 40 or 50. It just kind of hangs out. So I, if I didn't, if I wasn't in for nine bucks, I'd probably sell it and move on. I just don't want to pay the tax. 59. I'll keep an eye on that. Uh, you had a close. It looks like you had a close right there on when uh, Tuesday, low on Thursday, right there. Or close on Tuesday, low on Wednesday, almost the low on uh, Thursday. So above 59 bucks. It's okay. I mean, they got this thing. The TikTok excitement. I mean, you really couldn't have made money. You could have made a little coin shorten it during that hysteria. It's always just seems it just like looks it. like a head and shoulder. You know, I don't know. I'll stick with you on this one. Uh, below 59, there's some good there downside to 58. Good resistance at 60. All right, you want a story? Uh, I can spin a you a story? story. I can spin you a story in Lulu a little bit. Uh, they had sure. this night. They beat on the top and the bottom line. They say that comps increased nineteen percent year over year in the third quarter. The the story here is everyone's been stuck at home all year and not going to the gym. And as soon as um, we get the ability to do so, everyone's going to rush out and buy buy workout clothes and start working out again. So there, there's my story. Who the hell bought this at 390 on the number? Did that really tick 390? Is that a yeah. bad tick or is that for real? Um, I saw it go up. I didn't know when as high as 390. Can we go and see what? Yeah, I get to look. He brings up the data window here. Let's just see what the quotes look like. You show us that because right on the number, right after four o'clock, obviously, we're looking at it. Yeah. looks like oh, Dennis, bar. you would have gotten down and dirty in that. People a lot of volume traded. 24 points for Lululemon's earnings. <laughs> I have nothing more to say. If you're doing that, you're not listening to pre-market prep. I mean, the story has been in Lululemon. Um, this wasn't going to all of a sudden. like, And then it's right up near that high. Oh, man. Anyways, it's down here. This is probably so they probably had a good report, I assume, because the algo bought it. You just yeah. gave us the numbers, pretty solid report. Report, yeah. This is too much good news priced in. The story, this this Lululemon is priced for perfection. It's been priced for perfection for a long time. Is the story gonna cool off? I don't know, but you just can't jump in just because it's got a good report. When these stories stocks are priced for perfection, they typically, you know, don't go up as much as you'd hope they would. You want a Lululemon story? Sure. I bought a. Uh, I, b- I bought Lisa uh, some gifts there in January, and then she had to return some of the stuff. And I bought a pair of pants. She really wanted. Said, "Oh, you should get these." I haven't worn them since January, and I want to return them, but I haven't gone to the store yet. You think they'll still take them back? Yeah, they will. 
Okay. I would bet they will. Uh, I would keep an eye on uh, 360. Uh, and the reason is because you topped out at 360 for a while. Then you had two lows right in that area. So above 360, I think, uh, you know, still leaning to the long side. If you breach 360, close below 360, I think you got some work to do on the downside. All right. Uh, we could go Costco here or we can go to the chat. Costco is pretty quiet. I mean, we already got their sales numbers for November and they were they were they were good. Uh, but they weren't good enough for for Wall Street. Apparently, the report last night was was good on the top line, um, and all uh, the good news is priced in all these stocks: Lululemon's, the Costco's. I don't know where. How does the story get better for Costco? I, I mean, they're firing on all cylinders. It's been the year for bulking up and loading up your you know pantry. I mean, this year could not have been better for stocks like Costco. So I look at 2021 and I can't see how it gets better in 2020 unless the vaccine fails and we all go back into lockdown, then it's okay. So that's the scenario where Costco can actually be okay. So this is actually a lockdown stock now. Um, I think we're still going reopening. So you're going to have some pops. It's still an awesome company, but it's been a great run for Costco in 2020. It's went from, you know, the 300 area up to 372 in the last six months, which is a big move for a company of Costco's size. And maybe it's time to cool off a bit. Uh, news alert. Uh, they're bringing samples back. And, oh. uh, yeah. Hey, I yeah, was... the, the person stands behind a shield and I don't know. I'm, no, not, I, I'm I, not touching there, them. I'm just I, telling you. I was there, what, three weeks ago and, and they had the samples and, and but you can only look. <laughs> oh, know? really? Was it just what? look? It was for maybe, maybe what? I only look. What the hell is this? I want. I. I said. I'm not. I just said pass. We just went right by there, uh, and I said this yesterday. I know you. You briefed it just by Tad in the uh, after hours. That 370 just looks interesting. You would have thrown a bit out there. You would have gotten hit and a little bit of a bounce, but just a bunch of lows here since uh, you know since the middle of November. So. Keep an eye on 370. Uh, that's a support area I like. If it somehow rallies close to 380 today, I think you find mounds of sellers. Tight range yesterday. Uh, if you are playing from alongside, certainly don't want to see it go red on the session. All right. Got a nice variety of tickers from our chat. Let's go to a few of them. What about sure. Crown Castle, CCI? Uh, CCI. Upgrade this morning from Deutsche Bank to buy, giving it a $180 price target. Uh, been very quiet these past CCI. few months. Yeah, tower stocks. Um, tower, okay. Yeah, right. this is your cell towers. CCI they're was this like, three. There are like three of these. There's companies. three of them. There's like CCI, American, right? Uh, American. Well, what's the one? What's the uh, that one? What's, what's the other one? There's that other one too. There's three of them. Yeah, CCI, American, uh, AMT, AMT. Oh, we, that's American. Oh, that is American. Um, oh man, buddy of mine told me. About come on, it. chat. We're we're struggling uh, here. AMT, CCI. What's the other one? I, There's three of them. I, Anyways, okay. Well, regard these things just kind of hang out. They're three point three percent dividend. They don't do a hell of a lot. I mean, they're get, paying you a three percent dividend. I don't know. Am I getting excited about cell towers? Not really. Is uh, it- I, I this one is really shaping up here for. Move one way or another. I guess you could have said that for the past five months, but they just don't move because they're dividend plays. Yeah. Okay. Monthly highs and lows. Yep. Yep. 
I mean, you got all these lows and at one fifty four, one fifty five. So, and all those highs at one seventy. So, traderage dot com. SBAC. Thank you, Thank you Peter, in the chat. SBAC. SBAC yeah. is the other one. Okay. Um. All right. Well, that was CCI. What about? Uh, what about oil? That CCI looks like I'm just telling you. CCI looks like it's getting ready to break down to me. That's just that's just my opinion. I don't know how far we're gonna go, but. I just looked at that other chart. That other chart broke down. This is leaning on some monthly lows. So I'm not getting that excited about cell towers. That's all. I okay, don't think go. Move. All right. So what was I the agree. next one? What was what, the next one? I mean, Airbnb. Oh, it, it's worth know. more. So we thought 68. I was like, if DoorDash is worth 60 billion, this is worth. I said it could be worth 100 billion. And lo and behold, that's where they take it to. Um, I thought it was going to open over 100. I didn't think it's going to open up at 150 or whatever the hell it opened at. Now it's 140. I mean, the stock is worth more than every other major hotel chain that's out there. And to the tune of like twice as much, it's worth more than booking. It's worth more than Expedia. I mean, it's, it's an app. Let's, let's be honest here. Airbnb is an app. Um, it's an awesome app. Those people are geniuses, but come on, a hundred billion dollars. I, I, I can't even at 1999. Can't even can't even fathom how it's worth that. Next, uh, you, that's my yeah, thoughts. Yeah, old time high, old time low. Mark down that closing price in the, from yesterday, and that's I'm not even going to give you the high and the low. To see what happens. See if you can go green on the session. Sure, some people got stuck just buying this, you know, willy nilly right off that first 15 minutes. They got real stupid. Then the second 15 minutes they wisened up, but uh, just keep an eye on that close. That close from yesterday. 144.71. And then what were the two IPOs from the day before? It was DoorDash, right? Dash and AI were the two from Wednesday. Yeah. How did that volume in uh, Dash go? I just, Spencer, you pointed that out. Yeah, I felt that the volume kind of waned. And that's not what you want to see in an IPO. You want to see people just pile it into this thing. Wow. Yeah. Volume was down. We'll see. And then AI, I just want to see what the volume did. Oh, the volume went held in there good. So just from a volume perspective, but we got to give it some time to shake out. No stocks, right, Dennis? Uh, yeah, I'm not interested in trading this at all right now. I mean, the valuation's insane, but we know a story can carry a stock there. I got it. any more information. It's too early. Not, not even. I don't even have it added to my filters yet. That's how much I don't want to trade it right now. All right, let's do one more, and then we'll bring on Jason Rasnick. Sure. Uh, let, let's look at. Uh, let's look at AMD. This is one from earlier in the show. Long the stock, long the call spread. I've said it. I think it's going to $100 by the end of the year. I'm going to stick to that. I think it's still going to 100 bucks by the end of the year. I know it's been chopping around and obviously market dependent here. But if we get a Santa Claus rally, AMD is going to participate in that, in my opinion. So I'm sticking with AMD. I'm long it from 85 um, and I'm long the call spread since like 80, but I feel like I'm hardly up in it. But I'm actually starting to get up in it now because it's starting it's to run getting, out of time. Juicy. Okay. Yeah, it's starting to run out of time. So these things start to trade like the stocks. Now I've got the 8100. So basically, um, just looking at that 20 points there on my call spread, trying to get it if it closes above 100 uh, on the day. Oh, um, you'll get I'm frustrated. You'll get frustrated if it gets up to like the 97, 98. It will no, be like, frustrated when it's not worth 20 bucks. No, it, you, it won't. <laughs> it won't. It won't. It won't. It won't. It's, oh, I'm like, oh, I did that uh, one. That's uh, why I bought the stock. I got sick of watching my call spread not go up enough. I was like, flat out buying the stock. Because at least I know when the stock goes to 100, 
and I bought it at 85 and make 15 points. I'm an equities trader. I'm not an options guy. Keep an eye out 89, folks. Uh, Parallels in the same area, uh, 89.16, 89.03. Still two bucks above that, so you got a double bottom. On the top, I can't really tell you much about yesterday's high, but someone's working out a piece at 95, not the all-time high. One, two, three, four, five highs in a row besides yesterday between 94.58 and 95 even. Someone's working out of some stock there ahead of the all-time high. All right. I'm, for some reason, having a hard time getting Jason. Jason's here, but he's the Zoom is being buggy for the moment. So let's keep, keep going while I get... Oh, there he is. Okay. Uh, I'm going to bring on Jason Rasing right now. He is the founder and CEO of Benzinga. Jason, good morning. Good morning, Spencer Israel, Joe O'Connor, and Dennis Dick. Last night, I had an exciting show I was watching. You guys may have been watching All-Americans. You may have been watching the New England Patriots. Me and my son, Josh Rasnick, we, re- we re-watched half of Joe Elkonin's, or Elkonin's interview on a trader's journey. It is a good show. It is a good show about his dad, the horse racing, how he bet, how he got into it, then oldie discount. Joel, have you re-watched it at all? I haven't watched it. He hasn't watched his own show. Go watch your show, Joel. No, no. They, they need to make one change to it. Don't watch it yet, Joel. They need to make one change. I found J- Josh Rasnick found an error, and oh. I sent the screenshot to Luke and a few others, and none of them could catch the error, but Josh Rasnick caught the error. He's sure error? kid. What's the error? He really did. I don't know if I want to say the error because okay. Joel will be mad. I'll, I'll say it. You want me to say it? Yeah. <laughs> the, there's a misspelling. There's a misspelling on his name? You and you can't tell. It's so hard to tell. Literally, I sent it to Luke. I sent it to Mitch. I sent it to Ryan Faluna. They like hit five, six other guesses, and they finally caught it. They misspelled. Uh, I think Mitch missed a, like misspelled or the last name. One letter got moved, and it's hard oh. to see. And it, we were watching him on the big screen, like so. You can watch YouTube now on like your TVs, and so we were watching it. And Josh Rath after like six minutes goes. Yeah, this is kind of boring. We got to move on because Joel's, talk, <laughs> Joel's talking stocks and stuff. He wasn't talking about swimming and fun stories, you know. But he Josh, wanted the stories. Josh yeah. is a great kid, man. Yeah, great he kid. wanted pranks, but he like he heard Joel's voice. Like, yeah, we got to watch this. I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll watch it. So we watched it. Um, Joel and guys, if you haven't listened to it, please you, d- run. Don't walk and listen to it. Joel gets a little emotional. He talks about his dad. I, I love that moment when he gets talks about the horse, you know, how he learned about the horses. I, I learned a lot of stuff about Joel. I had a newfound respect hearing him get emotional and not be afraid to get emotional. I, I unless you didn't get emotional, you're you're just losing your voice. I don't, I don't know, but I, I, I really. The, when are we getting the Jason Rasnick trader's journey? I don't know. I don't know. Get on I did there, do, man. I, I want to hear I the did, Jason Rasnick story. I did do Dennis. I did do a company history one very recently. Um, so okay, are, are the kids gonna are the kids gonna uh, guys gonna get mad in the room that I'm talking Narshka right now and not you know going to stocks? Yeah. All right, well, well it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I know, I got it, Joel. When I said it, I'm like only Joel's in the okay, yeah. Okay, so okay, so I said Mishigas on this on this show. Oh, yesterday. you did. Yeah. So Yiddish words for for hundred, Alex. Can I get Yiddish words for Alex? <laughs> all right, all right. I I gotta go to these trades because it's gonna take me a little bit. So I was freaking active. I didn't trade. I didn't trade ahead. We had this small cap conference, the Benzinga small cap conference, right. and it was fun. It was fun. So like I did the pre-interview with the CEO of FUV and he was smart. He gets it, but I didn't trade ahead of it. Like I didn't know anything inside, but I didn't want to like yeah. buy it ahead. I waited till he went live on the show on the thing. I bought it a couple minutes after 
a couple thousand shares. And I, I, wait, I'm looking at my buys. I bought it for twelve ninety two, and then um, sold you some for third. What? Yeah, FUV. Yeah. I, I bought call options and the stock, and sold it for like thirteen eighty right at, right right after. And um, so I don't own FUV, or maybe I own a little bit, but not much. What's um, uh, What's the story with this one? I actually like the chart on this. I like yeah, the chart so, on this. So basically, it's three wheeler um, EV play. It's a cool thing. It's do it, He's doing the cars with Sandy Monroe. Sandy Monroe is a guy in Auburn Hills, Michigan. He's probably one of the smartest guys when it comes to car parts. To, he's the one that probably drove up Tesla stock from like, you know, like a few months, like six months ago, because he's like Tesla. He came up with the word Tesla is the only car company that doesn't just go build a car. They're a progressive car. Like they're always up building. They're always making significant updates to their car. No other car company can do that. So about eight months ago, this video that he did moved Tesla stock by 15%. Sandy Monroe is part is, is, is a partner in this FUV company. So it gives it a lot of credibility. The CEO is on. I, I just, you know, when I thought people would hear about it, it would make, make, they would make, they would want to buy it. And again, like Dennis, I look for catalysts. So him being on the show was definitely a catalyst. Um, is it going to go rise to 20? It could. Now what they're trying to say is this, you, you know, like DoorDashes and stuff. DoorDash isn't that good for retailers, for restaurants. DoorDash eventually looks at the marketplace and says, all right, we're ordering a thousand, they're, they're ordering a lot of wings. So we're going to set up a cloud kitchen. So I ordered wings last week and instead of me ordering it from the Wingstop, I didn't even realize I ordered it from DoorDash and it wasn't, it wasn't Wingstop. They have their own cloud kitchen. What Sandy Monroe or, and the CEO is trying to do is like put the power back in the local restaurants, give them these three wheeler cars, let them build their own, you know, these restaurants combined and build their own quick little service with these little cars that are, are inexpensive electric operated and you leave them at your store and they're doing it in one state right now. So there's some truth to it. It's just, you know, I look for what's the next catalyst on this one. Him coming on our show is a big catalyst. Have you had wing snob yet at 12 and telegraph? Yes, Late sir. Is, yeah. Those are the best. Yep. I talked, I talked to that guy about getting a franchise like uh, about two years ago. Um, but then I, yeah. And then, so then another one guys, I don't know if you guys are into psychedelics. Um, Spencer always talks about them. So I just don't know if you guys are into them. But um, I'm just joking, Spencer. Don't write me a, uh, a note. Um, symbol, <laughs> symbol. The complaint box. My parents. <laughs> yeah, complaint box, Joel. I love it. Okay. So this symbol, M-M-E-D-F. Mary, Mary, Edward, dog, fish. Mary, Mary, Edward, dog, fish. Okay. So I interviewed um, Kevin O'Leary, the guy from Shark Tank. I'm sure you guys know who he is. Um, what kind of chart is that we're showing? Is there a five-day? Okay, yeah, you got one. So – I bought the stock. I made it. I played it as a trade. Again, I went in hardcore. It went up like 25 to 30% the day of our show. Um, and it was, um, you know, and if you believe psychedelics can be a thing, which I believe they can, I would say mind, uh, mind med has room to run. The issue though, the issue that I wouldn't go hardcore on, like where I'd be careful, look at the stock in October, guys. It was at 50 cents and it hung out 50 cents you know, September, October, or even before that for months. So could it sell off? Yes. Could insiders sell? They just did a hundred million dollar financing. There's some more stuff with this company that I think there'll be good things to come, but you know, the stock was at 50 cents for a long time. So you got to be careful on these kind of plays. Um, at least I'm careful. Like I, it, uh, I would see Dennis, if it goes to $10, that's awesome, but I'm more scared of it falling. So I don't go, I don't go big on these positions.
Jason, quick question. Yeah, on that note, on position sizing, how do you control that? Do you have a set um, a limit, a set amount, a set percentage in your portfolio? Like when you said you were active, does that mean you were just buying a bunch of stocks in your one percent of your portfolio for all of them, or, or how do you how do you do that? Well, so the one that I was like so confident was FUV, and I was just like, um, so I go I go bigger on the ones I'm super confident. Like I'm not good at this, by the way. Um, there's probably better. Not probably. There are better people at this. Like, so the one that I was most confident probably in the last three months was Upwork, right? And so that was at like 16 or 18 before earnings. And I was very confident they were going to destroy earnings and the stock was going to skyrocket. So I always thought my worst case scenario is it stays the same. My best case, it goes to 25, 26. Or, you know, that's what I was thinking. Now it's at 34. But so what I did was a lot of times, Spencer, I have these high conviction trades and I don't go in large enough. So the day before earnings, I sat back and said, okay, am I comfortable with my position? If it skyrockets, am I going to be mad and do the thing that Dennis and I like to do? Like, I wish we bought more. And <laughs> I always and so, wish I bought it more on the winners. Yeah. Is my video not on, by the way? I don't even see myself. Yeah, it's on. I got you. Really? Okay. I, mean, I, I, guess I'm, I'm, I guess I'm sparing the ugly alert, so I don't have to see myself. It's good. <laughs> um, but so wait, you can go to the chart. So Upwork. So, so uh, what I did is I looked at that, Spencer, and of course, after it happened, I was mad I didn't buy more. So I, I have a I have a one to four position thing. So a large conviction or high conviction, I go four, like that's my high. And then one is like a little quick is where I don't have much conviction. So I'll give you example of that. GAN it was a four. It was a high, high conviction. So far, that conviction is not great. Lithium was a four, for sure. I own Moderna, uh, whatever. My wife made me buy it. It was like a Lisa, Lisa, um, Joel's wife kind of trade. It's a one. I, I own very small amounts of it. Um, and I, I, that's how I try to do my, my trades and investments. So I was not doing that before. So when I believe that the odds are on my side or I have high conviction, I go to a four. The other thing that I recently employed recently was if it's a short-term trade, really short. So say I'm buying MindMed which or or yatra and it's a short-term trade when i mean short term it's like a dentist type trade like it's uh 20 minutes an hour why not go big what's the worst that could happen so that's like my my, my logic yeah worst that could happen is you could lose lose your shirt but uh... no no so that so that so again so i think about that a lot spencer because i was on margin significantly earlier in the week and i'm like yeah there could be something or last friday i was sorry and then so and I still am a little bit on margin, but what, what I guess what I mean is for 25 minutes or, the, or a half an hour, what are the odds that a lot of bad stuff can happen? There, oh. there is something, if you take probabilities, take a statistics class. So one out of every 30 times or one out of every thousand times something crazy will happen in the next 30 minutes. I don't know. Like when the CEO is on our, our small cap event, there's a good chance you'll hear some new stuff. I mean, FUV has some real stuff. It really does. The CEO is smart. I mean, he, he's smart. He, he got my whole thing. So I have, I've had a theory on Tesla for years that Dennis and Joel sort of Dennis and Joel disagree on. It's that they're, they're saying that Ford and GM and Chrysler or whatever will be the big players and do electric and do all this stuff. And I'm saying no, because it screws up their whole business. It screws up everything. And the FUV CEO was all over it. He was like, he, when that pre-call, he was talking about how these big um, automobile companies, Ford and GM could have wiped Tesla away four years ago. He said it and he goes, and then, then I go, well, they didn't because of the whole thing that it screws up their whole model of service. 
He's like, yep, that's it. That's the number one thing. And like, most people don't get that part of it. And now maybe they are going to wipe them away and do all the electric stuff like they are with the Corvettes and all that stuff. Then great. I'm just saying Tesla has $500 billion market cap and never needed to have it. And it's the whole um, Clayton Christensen innovators uh, dilemma. The whole thing about do you innovate and destroy your existing business model or not? And the big automobile companies decided not to because they have all these dealerships. I mean, I don't know if you saw that Cadillac, like 300 dealers said that we're not going to move to electric. We're not. And they're like moving away from Cadillac. Now it's a whole big thing. Electric screws up the dealership network. So that's um, why I, uh, that's why I like the FUV CEO because he knew how it all worked. Yeah. And that's why I was like, he's going to bust out this call, you know? Right, it's uh, a nice looking chart. Like I, I like the setups when you see a stock have a huge run from like eight to 20 and then it's pulled back when the consolidation station, you know, and now it looks like it wants to go again. I know nothing about this company, never traded the stock ever before, but just looking at the setup, I kind of like the setup. I kind of like so, the setup in FUV. So I would have to get back in. I'm not in it now. Dennis, I realized I didn't sell every share. Um, I don't know why I did, but oh, I think I was trying to get off margin. That's why I did. I, it was really hard. I have like some stocks that I really like guys. And it's like, hard, that's the worst. Like when you want to trim some shares and then I trim and they go up 20%. But there was something I was going to say in the market. Oh, this week, I think it was a good week in the market in the sense that there were some up and down days. It wasn't straight up. I mean, this is like what a real market is, right, Dennis? Oh, a real market. We're still seeing a relentless bull run here. And okay. you know, a lot okay. of it, a lot of me is a little bit nervous here on the overall market just because there's a lot of speculation that we're going to get the Santa Claus rally and we might. And we probably will. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, markets just don't go straight up. And we've been, you know, very spoiled since March because everything's just went straight up. So we've had yeah. some pullbacks. I mean, we had a 10% pullback in four days in the NASDAQ. So there has been some ugly moments. But overall, it's been a pretty much predominantly up tape. So you're right. You know, normally you're seeing a lot more chop. Usually, you know, the markets do drift higher over time, over decades, over years. We know the markets tend to drift higher. But usually doesn't go up straight up like it did, especially November and the IWM being up 20%, just incredible. Yeah, I mean, but there were, there were some interesting days with Tesla. I mean, so like when it got cracked and then went back up, there were some interesting days there. But I guess that Tesla is a big proportion of my portfolio. So it's, uh, I guess when that, when that moves, that my whole thing moves. But a couple, I guess I want to give an update on a couple things. So you guys know I own Asana. I sold half the position on Tuesday or Wednesday before earnings because I was nervous that the earnings wouldn't be that strong. Um, and I don't know if it really went down. I mean, it went down a little bit after earnings. Like I saw, but it, oh, did it go? Wait, wait it was 33. Yeah, it's, it's, it got 29, a pop. 28 this morning. It, yeah. Had okay. a pop and so, drop on earnings. So, so I sold some because I didn't think the earnings would be that strong. Cause the thing with like Slack where I was so confident, but Asana companies don't absolutely need Asana. They don't absolutely need it. Okay. It doesn't have the network effects that like um, Slack has, like where people recommend it. And there's competitors called like Notion and stuff, but Asana is moving on speculation that it'll be a next acquisition target. That's what I think. And so I just thought the earnings wouldn't be that strong in the sense that like COVID or a lot of companies going to move to Asana right now. Asana is a learn thing versus a thing that you have to like use, so to speak. And um, I mean, I still own it, but I sold half the position because I thought the earnings would be weak. Um, a position that I still own, it's up 2.47%. I bought maybe two weeks ago is Elastic, ESTC, ESTC. Um, I own it. I didn't sell anything and I don't plan on selling anything. Um, so that's uh, ESTC. You can put it on the, the chart if, you, if you're controlling sure. that. Uh, yep. I just want um, people to see it. It's a, new, it's a new position that I um, opened is, up. What is that? 
It's a uh, enterprise uh, search service for, so Benzinga Pro is moving to Elastic for our search for Benzinga. A lot of companies are using it. It's like a, it's like a, a SaaS company for like websites and searching and indexing your whole thing. Think of like Snowflake, but instead of Snowflake, it's more like the search part of it. I truly don't totally understand, but I know we're going to start paying for these guys. And again, like the, there's an ETF that's there, the Benzinga ETF of all the vendors that we pay. I mean, it's crazy what we, it's crazy what we pay Datadog guys. It's crazy. It is absolutely insane, insane what we pay AWS for our hosting. I'll tell you two years ago, we were paying like say six, 8,000 a month, a year ago, 18,000 a month. Our bill this past month was $38,444 for AWS. So, I mean, I don't know how you can short Amazon. I just don't. What? It's a damn you Bezos. Yeah, exactly. So that was, so that was uh, everywhere. Everywhere. No, Dennis, I remember when I bought um, Amazon back, I mean, guys, I sold Amazon at $10. Okay. So keep, I, so I don't like, you just tell all the wins, but I remember when I bought Amazon at 540 a while ago and I'm like, okay. And I bought like a big position, but not that big, not in hindsight, not big at all. Okay. And actually like a one in, in hindsight, but I was like, this is a no brainer pick, no brainer pick. And then it gets to like 1200. I'm like, okay, maybe it's going to sell off. But this thing at 3000 and I can't see a future dentist where we're not depending on Amazon for everything. Yeah. I, I like, like, I don't understand how Walmart doesn't get like 50 of the smartest guys in a room, then hire 50 of the guys from like MIT and build literally the Amazon clone, like does everything, like have third-party vendors sell on it, have every product you ever want on it. I mean, I was at the dentist yesterday, Dennis, and the lady at the registration desk, she has a microphone with a glass to cover her. And it was like a cool little thing. And she's like, yeah, we bought on Amazon. Everything's on Amazon. Everything. I mean, our hosting's on Amazon. I mean, it is crazy, guys. Okay. Um, all right. So then, I, so I have that. I still have my five below call options for uh, February. I still have my Tesla call options for January. Um, I what are your thoughts buy- on Tesla? I want to stop you on Tesla because you're up so much money. You've been all over this call. It's running, it's running, it's run. We have the ad coming up next Friday. I believe it will be a topping event for the stock. I don't know what that price is going to be, but I went on the record saying it is going to top out either the day before or the day after, and that's going to be the top for a long time. That's what I think is going to happen because we've had now another 50% run up because of the ad. Um, what are your thoughts here? I mean, on Tesla, you're just going to hold this thing and you think it like now, if you're owning it, you're now of the opinion that it's going to be maybe the most valuable company in the world because there's only five companies ahead of it now. So, I mean, I just don't know how it's not priced for perfection at these prices. Yeah, no. So we'll go. The chat is not like an Amazon, by the way. They don't like the product. They said Walmart's a lot cheaper and you're getting from China Amazon. I, I don't know. I, I own Amazon. By- it's one of the biggest positions in my portfolio. I think it's going to 5,000 still. So yeah, I agree. Um, there's going to be pullbacks. There's going to be opportunities to get back in Amazon. There always is. I still agree with everything that Jason just said about Amazon. I don't see a world without Amazon. And I yeah. think it's still the most valuable company in the world okay, so for the I'm foreseeable go to, future. Yeah, and Dennis, you have a couple stocks that you think are going to go to 20 or go to these round numbers um, that you've been talking about. But so for Tesla, um, the, the, so you guys know, I showed you the emails from, or the text messages from a few months ago when Amazon was, when Tesla was at 3894 after battery day and made that bet yep. that it was, was going to go right? to 600 yep. bucks. Yep. I mean, that guy thinks it's going to a thousand. Okay. Now, um, or $800 and I, I got to get a duration. And um, is the valuation high? Absolutely. Is it price perfection? Absolutely. 
you know, some bad stuff comes out, then, you know, like, for example, if they decided that the semi or not the semi, the, the truck that everyone wants was going to come out early next year with the stock skyrocket, probably. Um, this is a story stock. It's, it's kind of like how, you know, the IPO yesterday of door or two day DoorDash, I mean, at that valuation, this is a story stock. So where do I think Tesla is going to end up? I think Tesla is going to end up um, kind of where it's at right now. I mean, I don't see big gyrations like coming. I don't, I don't see it going to 700. So if that's the case, maybe it goes to 550. It's so hard at this point to make predictions on it. I, I, I did buy some, um, I did buy some, what, what are these things called? Puts or calls? I don't know. I, let me see. Or I sold, I sold, I sold some. So I have the 450 puts. So if it doesn't go to 450 by the end of December, I make, I don't know, $1,000. But um, so I just think it's like range bound for a bit unless people want to sell some stuff off. But I don't think they do because of taxes. They don't want to get taxed. That's and a good point so, there too. Yeah, they want to move it to next year. So I have a yeah. friend who... I have a friend who I got in Tesla who has a lot of money and um, our family has a lot of money, whatever. And he's like, I can't sell it. Cause I, we already sold some and it would, it would be too much profit. I have to wait till January one to sell some. So, so I don't, maybe that, maybe that's when it tops out is right here in the early January, you know, that could be the case too. So we have the, we have two catalysts here. One is the ads. A lot of people are gonna have to buy the stock. And that's why I've, you know, thought that, you know, the stock is going to be at all time highs on the day of that ad. Um, but I do think it could top out then. But then two is right. There's not gonna be a lot of people that want to sell this thing until January 1st. So yeah. in any regards, it probably gets a lot tougher for it come January 1st when we get actually to the new year and people can start booking some of these gains. They don't have to pay tax for another year. Yeah, yeah but and- they may have to pay a higher tax. I mean, if you want to start talking about the oh i'm worried about biden and yeah d- yeah, yeah point I there. Mean, good point there too yeah, no yeah, no so I, so i'm all you joel, want to no. sell sell you're gonna have to pay your taxes eventually joel joel <laughs> joel I, I hear you on that i'm all over because i have a call at 11 o'clock with the cpa we're switching cpas as a company and it's not easy to figure this oh. shit out when i when i started a company guys i thought i just like start a company you figure out how to sell a product make a website taxes and this stuff is so oh, confusing man. you guys honestly i feel like i'm a 12 year old because i don't understand some basic stuff on these taxes things i'm not talking about personal taxes i'm talking about corporate and how yeah. that stuff works because yeah. we're an llc so and how complicated joel it's the worst honestly like i'm on the call and i'm asking like the most basic question and they give me some complicated answer i'm like guys i'm 12 years old tell me what the answer is the simple question i don't want to know about the potential of biden increasing taxes is answer my freaking question anyway and so they're like well are you gonna sign a contract with us i'm like not yet i don't understand what i'm talking about but go back to this thing with with biden i hear you joel but like what dennis just asked about tesla i plan on selling some shares january 1 january 2 january 3 like i plan it's tesla is in my portfolio percentage wise like 40 percent 40 percent and it's it's a high position. It's grown. It's would grown you ever? Tonight. Would you ever buy puts or sell calls to protect? I mean, I know you, you've done it. Oh, with- I did. I did, and it was the worst mistake ever. I mean, I was so <laughs> bad. Stock is going I, up. I, I, whenever I, you're bearish, Tesla, or whenever you, I mean, Dennis, bet on Dennis, Tesla, a mistake. Dennis, on the afternoon show, it's 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 recorded. It's it's like on a YouTube video. It's it's cut on the afternoon show. Luke and my brother-in-law Brent got me to sell a five eighty call in Tesla for December eighteenth. I, they're like, you got, it was like, um, it was t- the stock was at like 480 then or something. No, I got a $600 call. I sold anyway, long story short, like three days ago, I was down $3,000 on it. I'm like, what the heck? It's at 618, you know? 
And so the day that they announced the five billion dollar offer, and my brother-in-law was like, "Tech," he's like, "You should, you should, you should cover your call now." And so for a three thousand dollar loss, if I would have kept it the next day, it went back below six hundred dollars. So I didn't need to cover my call then. But I'm never doing that again. I did not like selling a call because if the stock would have went, uh, Joel, if the stock would have went from six fifty four to seven hundred, I would have been down like eight thousand, and then or not down eight thousand because then I can just get rid of the hundred shares. But I didn't want to get rid of the hundred shares before the the new year. So I was like screwed. So yes, I lost thirty two hundred dollars selling a call for protection, and I'm upset about it. Okay. The idea maybe is like longer term protection, like leaps. I don't know. It's just an idea. Yeah, no, that no, that is smart. Like, so that I could do a longer term thing to protect myself if it goes down. That is smart. Like, that's what that's what Mark Cuban did. This was a this the way that Brent was showing me. My brother in law, he was saying, Jason, the stock's at four fifty. It's not going to get the six hundred by the end of December. December. Why don't you sell a couple calls or sell a call and then take a premium of a thousand dollars? He was saying it's like the biggest easy no brainer thing. Well, that no brainer of taking a thousand dollars cost me like. I don't even know what it cost me. I'm saying 3000 It may cost a little more. I don't want to look because that's one of those things where I, I – that's the one thing that I'm bad at. If I have a position that's really down or whatever, my I don't want to look. And so because then it doesn't – like, you know, Bitcoin, I, I bought some at the high in 2017. I didn't log into my Coinbase account for like two years. <laughs> you can log account. back in now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't get the password to reset though. Um, and, you know, so that's what I have going. Um, how, how, how is everything with you guys? How is your training going? Uh, it's still just consistent. So like, we know how I trade, I trade for catalysts, I trade, you know, arbitrage and I trade news flow. You know, I look in, I use Benzinga pro, but you know, also like, how was the, lot, well, how how was the small cap stuff for you? Did it help? I don't trade, trade small caps. Okay. Okay. I don't trade much small caps. So no, okay. um, I, I trade mostly mega caps, but I trade off head. I will trade small caps off headlines. If there's a headline or something offerings, I do the same boring strategies all the time looking for different things, you know, I'll trade ratings, you know, cause I have quantitative approaches to them where a ratings worth a certain amount, but I mean, there's money to be made off trading news. You know, that's why, you know, some people say you can't make money trading off of news. I make money trading off of headlines all the time. You know, it's just about being quick and, you know, looking how to strike. Um, but there's lots of different strategies. You know, I do the swing trades. I've been in the garbage trade as of late and some different stocks. And we've talked about that. This reopening trade has been great for me for the last month. Uh, we talked about that, you know, on the show a month ago. And, you know, once the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine came out, it was a, this rotation into the reopening stock. So, yep. you know, rotation, arbitrage, headlines, lots of different ways to make money. Small caps has never been my thing. I've never really been into small caps. Got it. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Jason, did you, uh, a, a while ago, you you mentioned Disney. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That's it. the one I wanted to talk about. Thank you, Joel Elkanen. I appreciate you, man. Disney. We talked about it. This is another one that Joe, that Dennis said could go could rally to 200. I bought Disney at about 142 and 138. I bought it as a when I wanted to buy it. <sighs> yes, yes, yes. You, I've been talking you, bullish on it the whole time. You have, you have. I, I bought it two days. I talked about it two days before you talked. I think I bought it maybe last last or the Friday before. Now, by the way, I did own Disney at hundred dollars when the uh, Corona happened, but then I'm like, it's not moving, so I got out of it. So I should have had it. My cost basis should be a hundred dollars. That's when I originally had it. But I bought again. I bought it again at one thirty eight, one forty two, and I think it had strong earnings. So I think we're up today, Disney. I see a Tesla chart. Give me Disney. Give oh, me Disney. Come on, Disney's where's Disney? Disney Plus. Yeah, I took out that thirteen points today. Yeah, it's on whew. fire, man. Yeah, so that's what I'm talking about, guys. Just follow me. Let's go. We're at 168. Let's follow me. I'm going to retire on Disney today. Now I can go to Disney for the the holidays. I think I'm I maybe going to Florida for 
What? I I averaged down in this thing in, in back in March. Uh, I was I was long from the very from the day they announced Disney Plus, which was like a year. What like it was March twenty April twenty nineteen somewhere in that window. That I, I bought Disney that day. I averaged down a year later when when COVID happened, and I've done nothing since. So 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 the thing that you you could get me on is I in the last like three months I've given you two buyouts. I bought Dunkin' Donuts as you guys know. And I bought Slack and they're both bought out, right? Now I need my third, you know, you need to get to three. So I'm well, on the hunt for my that, third buyout. What? I to said Asana. Uh, Asana is definitely. Oh, Asana's, Asana's in play to be bought out. I just, this, this company Notion, Spencer, that is a startup e thing is doing pretty well. That's what, what I would say. This company Notion. I don't know. Maybe Ben Zingadis needs to go public and call today and then buy Asana. Like, I know. So we had that small cap event, Dennis, and I did the networking thing. And some guy who was like, takes companies public, he's like, yeah, we just got to take Ben Zingadis public. Can we do that? He's like, he wants to like, take us public like in February. And I'm like, I, I, I heard him we, out. Can we do a via smack though? I yeah, we want to go via yeah. SPAC. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> for sure via SPAC. Hey, I, I, I don't want to say the I don't want to say the name, but I just talked to one of the SPAC guys that's launching in February. Oh, and then do you guys know the Rush Street Game Gaming? I, SPAC? Yeah, Rush DM Street Gaming. YT? DMYT, Jason? Yeah, of course yes. we know that one. Yeah, so like Mitch my, mentioned the, that a while ago. The CFO is like my second cousin. Did you know I, that? I didn't know it until there was a text message just like from three months ago when I was on the airplane back and I, I was looking at my text. I'm like, shit, I never saw this text. It's like my second cousin once removed. Like, no, I did not know that Man. until, until like three days ago. So yes, D Y D M Y T. He'll come on the show. He'll do it. He'll do whatever. Right. Like it's like, he'll do whatever. Um, nice they're pretty charred. big. Yeah. And then, um, there's some interesting specs going public in the, in the new year too. So, you know, but, the thing I always worry about, and I know promise is too many companies going public, like too, how much money, but then you have the stimulus and all that stuff. So it's it, guys, the market is with the market, but I still think you buy some good companies, you buy Disney, you hold on to it. You buy, um, I, I guess I own Pan, I own DraftKings, I own Amazon. Um, I own some GBTC. I own I, my Mitch Hotch plays, my IMMR, not Mitch Hotch. That's, that's Chris Kaji. Sorry. Um, I own PS, I own PSTH. Um, you know, that's the Bill Ackman. Um, I own, I own a weird one, SFT. Um, that's another one. Um, Wendy's I own. I mean, and I still own Upwork. I own call options that expire in January at 20. Um, and I own Twilio. Yatra's a different kind of play. Square I still own. So these are just like, yeah. I don't know. Like a, it's like a little mixture of stuff guys um, that I'm owning right now. And like I own Google and apples, but I don't, I don't ever re report those Google go to me. Google owns the world. All right. We appreciate your time. Jason Rasnick. He's the founder and CEO of Benzinga. He joins us every Friday to run through his winners, his losers and everything in between. Jason. Yes. I, I try. I try guys. I hope you like it. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at Jason Rasnick. Uh, ha have a great weekend. Um, Joel, I guess you're happy that Michigan got out of the Ohio State game, and uh, we, we we love you all. And uh, tune still in. Still wearing my shirt. I still wearing my shirt. All right, we, we, won't, we won't lose this year. And my and official comment is, I have no comment. Okay, there you go. And do me a favor, watch Joel's show, and um, I think it's really good. Trader's Journey. We we put the link up in the chat. Um, I know Joel won't watch it, so I get it. I don't like watching. <laughs> my, I don't like watching myself either. My dad last night he's like, Jason, you got to watch yourself over. You were looking down too much when I was interviewing Kevin O'Leary. 
And I really don't like hearing myself. So it's a problem, but um, I know to be good, you got to do that. And then the last thing I was going to say is we, I'll be on like at 1215, you know, we'll keep doing more stuff and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for having me on guys. You haven't kicked me off yet, which I appreciate. Well, now I just did. Uh, <laughs> on the, on the we already stack, cut the owner off. Right oh, no. I, I just want to mention, you know, we've got this back in Hexel with Mitch and Chris Cacci at 11. I believe the uh, the CEO of a uh, couple of SPACs is going to be on on the 22nd. It's the, the tickers are DMYT and DMYD, Delta Mary, Yankee, Tango, Delta Mary, Yankee, Delta and he'll be on uh that's on the 22nd it's back attacks on at 11 o'clock every day jason's on after that and we've got the pm show 340 with joel and myself please remember that all the information and material from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only not for investing or training advice and the opinions of our hosts and guests do not represent the opinions of benzinga guys it's 9 20 we went long. That's that's all right. Uh, any final thoughts, or, or am I am I just gonna wrap? I think I'm gonna wrap it up. I think that'll be it. So everyone, I'm good. all right. Have a good rest of your day. We'll be on with you at three forty. Good luck in your trading. Good luck in your investing. Whatever you're doing today, and uh, we'll talk to you again before the close. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.